Coming up on this week's show, Victoria Sue is here to talk about her latest book, Guarding His Melody. This is the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. Each week, we bring you exclusive author interviews, book recommendations, and explore the latest in gay pop culture. Welcome to episode 156 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I am Will from WillKanaus.com, and with me as always is my co-host and super handsome husband, Jeff. This episode of the show is brought to you in part by our remarkable group of supporters on Patreon. An extra big special thank you to Sarah and Sherry Lynn. They joined us in the past week. We'll have more information on how you can join them on Patreon in just a few moments. Welcome everyone back. We've got another fantastic news and action-packed episode of the show. Action-packed? Cool. (laughs) Well, action might be a relative term. (laughs) Um, Also, happy October, everyone. Yes, indeed. Here we are. We're in the final quarter of the year. Home stretch. Yep. Holidays. Hang in in there, guys. Holidays will be here before you know it. Mm -hmm. Yay. So, so much actually actually gone on in the last week. I think a lot of you know we were at Disney and at the James Bitter Conference, and we'll be talking all about that shortly. But there was also a good bit of news going on this last week. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite authors, uh, Becky Albertalli, actually has a new book coming out on October 9th, and she has teamed up with Adam Silvera, uh, whose books I've also reviewed on this show a couple of times. Uh, they have a book coming out called uh, What If It's Us? And this is the story of Ben and author Arthur, who are two very different boys who actually meet in the post office, and which I think is kind of cool, because who goes to the post office anymore? Seriously. I avoid it. I know, because <laughs> it's like one of the worst places on earth. <laughs> but they meet up in the, in the post office, and then they can't really decide if the universe is pushing them together or pulling them apart. Now, besides the fact that this book comes out on October 9th, the news came this past week that the production company Anonymous Content has acquired the film rights... And that Brian Yorkie, who is a Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright for the musical Next to Normal, and is also the creator of Netflix's 13 Reasons Why, is going to write this screenplay. I can't be more happy for these two. Uh, especially Becky, uh, as I said, one of my favorites, uh, that this kind of success is happening before this book is even out. And it certainly is one of the more buzzworthy books uh, in the YA space and actually in any space. It's been getting a lot of uh, traction so I'm looking forward to the book. It's pre-ordered. I've got my audio just waiting to come into my player on the 9th. Um, the 9th is also a pretty big day for books in general, at least in books that I care about, <laughs> because it's also the day that the Dear Evan Hansen novelization releases. And I read the first chapter of this. I wandered onto it, uh, I believe, on the publisher site a few weeks back. And I'm super psyched about this. Not only do I love this musical but I'm interested to see how they take something from a musical and translate it to a novel. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't actually think of a of a musical that's gone that direction before. Plenty of musicals and plays come from books, but to go from musical backwards to novelization. Uh, backwards? Not really backwards, probably. Just into another format uh, is fascinating, and I look forward to, to reading that as well. Now, other news... Uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the Eastsiders Kickstarter and how super excited we are that they're going forward with a fourth and what seems to be final season of this show. They've already hit the $100,000 mark on their Kickstarter, which guarantees a four-episode season. But if they get to one they they're going to do six episodes. There's also another stretch goal of one thirty-five, getting a documentary. And just this week, they've bought a, put a new stretch out, which if they hit one hundred and fifty. Kit Williamson will start writing the first episode of what will become a spinoff series featuring characters from the original show. This is all super exciting. We have made our pledge into the Kickstarter and encourage you to do so if you're an uh, Eastsiders fan. Now, if you're not, you can get on the bandwagon because seasons one through three are streaming on Netflix. You can hear Kit and John talk about season three in our show in episode 113. The Kickstarter runs through October 10th. The link for it will be in the show notes, and we encourage you to check it out. Teenage secret agent Theo Reese is back in action in Schooled, the second book in the Codename Winger series. 
Theo's high school computer science club is gearing up for a competition, and he agrees to lend his knowledge of cybersecurity to help them win. The covert agency he secretly works for also needs his talents when an encrypted key that allows access to the nation's electrical grid has been stolen. The file shows up at the competition as one of those to be decoded. Theo must find a way to be both an average high school student and TOS agent winger. The file must be secured, all while protecting his teammates from those who will use any means necessary to get the file for themselves. Schooled is available in ebook and paperback wherever books are sold. And if you missed Theo's first mission, pick up Tracker Hacker today. So Jeff and I recently returned from Florida, the land of sun and sweat. <laughs> that is a good way to put it. Oy vey. Um, Fall had not touched that state in the least no, it before has, we arrived. It has oh God. Not. Okay. But the reason we were there was we went to the Dream Spinner Press author workshop. Um, we've mentioned this before a couple of times. We've been, uh, this will be our third time mm-hmm. going to Florida for the uh, DSP workshop. And uh, this year, it certainly did not disappoint. Uh, There was some expanded programming. uh, And also, for the very first time, it took place at a Disney resort. We stayed at the Coronado Springs. Uh, It was absolutely lovely. Mm -hmm. And um, had a great time. Lots of... uh, uh, What was... How do I want to sum it up? I think uh, education, Mm -hmm. uh, talking about craft and business... But also a lot of fun getting to see all of our um, favorite writer friends. Um, I loved it. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought the the workshop was great. Uh, Dream Spinner always puts together a great program. And as you mentioned, there was expanded programming this year. Uh, with Honestly, I wanted to clone myself because there were three tracks of programming going on at any given point. At least we could occasionally split ourselves up to hit different things. But then there was always that third track that was just out of reach. Uh, But it was, it was wonderful. One of my favorite parts of the weekend, and it's hard to kind of put a favorite on the conference because it is so good, but uh, Damon Swade did a breakdown of the movie Romancing the Stone. And I never quite realized how really solid a movie Romance in the Stone was. To me, it was always kind of this this throwaway rom-com sort of action adventure, like like somebody smashed, you know, like a rom-com and Indiana Jones together. But he broke it down specifically to highlight the beats of the plot and how the romance evolves and how the kind of suspense action adventure plot evolves and how it all wraps up in the happily ever after at the end and it was a fascinating to watch the plot get broken down that way but then to kind of rediscover a film that I haven't watched in probably 20 years if not longer and to realize how good it was and he also had some nice background on just the making of the film and how difficult it was to get made and apparently it's the only original screenplay uh Romance that Hollywood has managed to produce because everything else is a rom-com or uh, adapted from a book. So all of that was just utterly fascinating to me (laughs) and made me stay up much later than usual, I have to say, (laughs) at the same time. Uh, What did you think of the Romance in the Stone thing in particular? Uh, It was wonderful uh, and informative. Um, There is more information packed into Damon Swade's little pinky toe (laughs) than probably in the... I don't know, the Library of Alexandria. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That man can spout off facts about literally any subject on planet Earth uh, and can do like an hour-long monologue. Uh, He's uh, remarkable, fascinating, and um, the movie was a lot of fun. We also went to a couple of his other talks. Mm -hmm. Those were, of course, you know, super informative. Um, I went to a couple different... um, craft workshops uh primarily focusing on category romance i learned a lot um we had cindy d's there uh she is a prolific and very popular romantic suspense author um we also got to sit down and chat with one of the editors of dream spinners category romance line Mm -hmm. Uh, that was incredibly helpful 
Um, what makes the weekend so unique is not only the fact that a publisher puts on this event for its authors that you that in and of itself is kind of just mind-blowing uh and the fact that they you know present so much information in order to help its authors grow their business um the what's really wonderful is the accessibility of the entire um crew the dream spinner press team is Mm -hmm. available all weekend you can uh, ask them any question you want. You can sit down and chat with them about any subject, writing-related, business-related, you know, whatever you feel like, and then they'll give you their honest answer and try and help you in whatever way they can. Uh, I sat down in a panel that was essentially um, everyone on the Dream Spinner team and authors had a chance to just hang out and talk with them and. Uh, address any concerns that they had and I got to sit down with Elizabeth North uh, she is essentially the grand poobah of <laughs> Dream Spinner Press and I and along with another writer we just sat there and just chatted about you know books and the business and uh, it was wonderful incredibly fascinating I'm kind of here, here's the thing <laughs> this is why I love the Dream Spinner Press weekend so very much is because I'm a complete weirdo in the fact that I love all aspects of fiction and the process of publishing. Uh, I'm fascinated by craft. Um, I am fascinated by the business of publishing. Uh, I totally get into the marketing and how you sell and get books into the hands of readers. I love the entire process and that's what this weekend was all about. So it's totally my jam. Uh, I loved it to death. Yeah, this is one of the reasons, among many, that I'm lucky to have this guy. Because he does, he is so fascinated with every aspect of creating fiction and marketing fiction that he'll make sure I know what I need to know. (laughs) He knows far, far more than I do, but he makes sure I know what I need to know to get my stuff done. And so that we get our stuff done, or at least to, to know when we need to go find answers to questions that I personally may not have even thought of. Uh, I also got to sit down uh, with Ann Reagan, who uh, handles the Harmony Inc. imprint for DSP. We talked about kind of what I might be doing in the future. Uh, this workshop, I haven't really talked about this on the show, but I've been feeling kind of cast adrift lately as I wrap up the Codename Winger series. And trying to figure out what exactly I want to do next and what what will creatively keep me happy as an author while at the same time continuing to move down the path of where hopefully writing becomes the full-time career. Um, and talking to Anne, we figured out potentially some projects to work on uh, in the, in, into 2019 and beyond. And I had some ideas on where I might want to go next as an author and yeah i'm being vague because i don't want to go into uh, too much to it uh until i kind of have a plan set but i at least came away from the weekend energized and seeing a path forward beyond the end of the winger series which happens uh in the spring of next year and i'm actually you know in the final throes of editing the the last book now so that work is really other than the hardcore marketing stuff nearly done so yeah, that's I was I was happy to come away from there, kind of look, seeing the future instead of just being confused. Because <laughs> <laughs> who wants to be confused? Um, and then of course, after we did three days of conference, we packed for what most people probably would have been four days of Disney uh, into two. We <laughs> made a concentrated effort to visit all four parks in two days Uh, and we had certain specific goals in mind Um, we've been to disney uh, a couple of times over the years so we've experienced each of the parks in total Mm -hmm. Uh, this trip was really specifically about uh, visiting and experiencing the newer things that we hadn't yet done Uh, first off we headed to the magic kingdom on what was the hottest day of the entire trip, 
uh, super gross, utterly miserable, but we made do and stayed hydrated. Um, <laughs> uh, all of all of our pictures from that morning, we are glowing. <laughs> yeah, man. Between the humidity <laughs> and just the Florida sun beating down on you, plus you know bouncing off the pavement. Oh my god, it was hot. So the highlight of the Magic Kingdom for us is that we finally got the chance to ride the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Is that what it's called? I think it's something think like it's that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, anyway, the yeah the new the new coaster in Fantasyland. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. So much fun. Yeah, I liked that coaster. Is just my speed. Uh, <laughs> if you've heard us talk about other. Uh, theme park experiences, there are roller coasters that I'm not too happy about and or won't ride, period. Uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train was just my speed. Uh, I didn't have to freak out at all. Um, and I love the line. They were really thoughtful about the line and getting through to the coaster and going through like the mine cavern uh, to get there. There's things to play with and... Uh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the other thing we did there was to visit uh, the the old school Peter Pan ride um, and see its new, um, I guess, line experience. Uh, I love, we're both big fans of the dark rides, the old school dark rides like Peter Pan and Winnie the Pooh and Alice in Wonderland and all those. And it was nice to just go on this classic uh, because to me, and we'll get to this in a minute, we did all the new stuff at Animal Kingdom with Pandora. There's something very nice about the old school rides and their animatronics, even while you see all the whizzy stuff that they can do with screens and, and stuff and 3D immersive rides. Those, those old school dark ones are just, they're comfort food. Yes. Theme park comfort food. Uh, we wrapped up our time at Magic Kingdom with a, a sail to the Caribbean. We rode pirates and then promptly went and got a Dole Whip. Um, mm. Now, for some reason, somehow, both of us had made it to our like 45th and 50th years <laughs> on planet Earth without experiencing a Dole Whip at Disney. Uh, we finally did it. And it is a treat that hit the spot. Mm -hmm. uh, now, for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, uh, a Dole Whip is a frozen novelty treat uh, that is exclusively at Disney. Um, it's pineapple flavored. It's essentially a sherbet, but it's kind of churned in an ice cream style. So it's sweet and it's tangy, but it's a little bit creamy. Um, it's really, really good. Uh, and it definitely hits the spot when you're about to melt Indeed. from the Florida sun. <laughs> um, so we got our Dole Whip and then promptly headed to Epcot. Epcot. We headed to Epcot. And uh, what did we do there? Oh, yeah. We went on the Frozen Ride. Yes. The Frozen Ride was the thing we had to do there. And you swear to me, I've been on that ride before it became Frozen back when it was Maelstrom. I have zero memory of that. Uh, but it was delightful to see Anna and Elsa and Olaf and Sven and everybody else from Arendelle uh, hanging out and, and doing their frozen gig on this little boat ride through uh, the kingdom where they were celebrating, you know, making it cold in the summer, which is much needed in the Florida heat. Uh, and I also kind of drug you over to uh, Hero's Workshop because I had to see Baymax. Uh, I have become such a big fan of the Big Hero 6 animated series on Disney since it started back in the fall. And it rekindled kind of how much I really enjoyed the Big Hero 6 movie, which we've recently rewatched. To be able to go see Baymax and have a little hug with him and do a fist bump just really made my day. Over and above everything else, seeing Baymax was like... Uh, the next day, we started our morning at Animal Kingdom and finally visited Avatar Land. Mm -hmm. uh, we went on both new rides. Um, the, so, I don't even, was it Soarin' Over Pandora? Yeah, Flight the, of the Navi, I they, think is what it's called. <laughs> um, the, the flight simulator ride and then the boat ride, uh, the Navi River ride. Uh, first, the boat ride is super pretty uh, and wonderful. Um, I know a lot of people don't like it because it is so short. Um, 
Pandora was going over budget and they shortened this particular ride. Um, there's only one animatronic at the very, very end. It's quite spectacular. It is. It's one of the best animatronics I've ever seen. Um, so if you happen to be in Animal Kingdom and the uh, line wait isn't too long, uh, definitely hop on the Navi River ride. It's really enjoyable. Uh, we also recommend, uh, highly, it's quite spectacular, uh, doing uh, the flight ride as well. Yeah, the flight was amazing. There were... It is like Soren. If you've ever ridden Soren, the flight of the flight of the Navi is rather similar. But wow, Pandora is pretty amazing. And <laughs> I was like, I want to close my eyes. I don't want to look at this. Oh, but I really want to look at this because I get a little scared at times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. Uh, big tip: if you stay on on resort and there's magic hours in the morning for, and you can get into Pandora before the park opens, we got through both rides in an hour. We're usually at least these days. We were seeing wait times on both of those between 90 minutes and two hours during the regular day. And those, you know, are in September. So you're not, you know, in, in peak times. So magic hours, take advantage. And we wrapped up our trip at Disney Hollywood Studios. And we were there to experience specifically Toy Story Land. But mm -hmm. the day ended up being all about Star Wars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for, first off, we uh, ended up going to Hollywood Studios in the afternoon, which, if you have ever visited Florida, is prime thunderstorm hours. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, we did get to ride um, the... Midway Mania. Midway Toy Story Mania. Midway Mania, which was a hoot. Um, it's a it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's sort of a game uh, experience, dark ride. Uh, we did not get to ride Slinky Dog Dash, which is the outdoor coaster. Uh, they were closed uh, for the thunderstorms while we were there. Yeah, which was a bummer. But we did experience tons of Star Wars. We did get through Star Tours. Uh, and it was a particularly fun Star Tours uh, moment, because uh, if you don't know... Star Wars, the Star Tours is randomized, so theoretically you could do it any number of times and never hit the same exact story twice. And I really enjoyed our story about a, a spy on board. We also experienced um, sort of the the there were several different character experiences for Star Wars. Star Wars Land, of course, is not open yet. That's coming next year. Uh, but they're trying to get you all ramped up and excited. Um, there are lots of different. Uh, things to experience, um, several different like character parades. Yeah. Uh, we visited with Chewbacca, which was so cool. <laughs> it was far cooler than I expected it to be. <laughs> so we had an awful lot of fun on uh, our Disney trip. And um, how would you sum it up? It was really awesome. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we had the plan, which got us through. With the exception of Slinky Dog, that got kind of, you know, rained out for us. We hit everything we wanted to hit. We got a few extra things in. The Star Wars, we didn't talk about the dessert party. We uh, got special passes for a dessert party, which was essentially um, Disney catering some of their finest desserts uh, for the evening. And then we got prime seating for the uh, Star Wars um, nighttime show Yeah, that closes out the park. Yeah, you're either if you're if you're in the park after eight thirty, you're either seeing that or Fantasmic, pretty much. And uh, the Star Wars thing was fun. They make they do some fantastic movie. I'll call them medleys, where they mash all essentially, almost I guess it's eleven movies because it's not just the nine Star Wars movies, but also Solo and Rogue One. Uh, and they could even make the the crappy prequels look. Somewhat interesting as they mash all of it up together. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And the desserts were so yummy. It happened in the cantina. We were sitting in the cantina having our dessert party. So it's pretty cool. But I would sum it up as a, a great trip. DSP was awesome. Disney was awesome. And I look forward to seeing what we get up to in Orlando next year um, for the next conference, for sure. So while we were away, I actually... Yeah, snuck a book in there as well. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Will reviewed uh, Flirt by Lucy Lennox, which is a standalone uh, wild, uh, forever wild novella. Uh, it focuses on Stevie, who's the barista, and Evan, who's the fire chief in Hobie, Texas. Uh, I adored it just as much as you did. Um, I loved getting this extra look at Stevie, who is far, far more than the flirty 
flitty barista that he appears to be in the other books. And watching him and Evan come together after what you know we had no idea previously is a pretty long history that they have, uh, having grown up in the same area. So I will piggyback on your review and say I highly recommend Flirt. Uh, since you reviewed it, actually, the audiobook has also been released. Um, and given that uh, Michael Pauly does a great job with all those, while I didn't listen to it, I am sure it is pretty darn awesome as well. Uh, of course, if you want to get any of the books we have talked about on this show or in any show, uh, you can just pick up those links in our show notes. Uh, we do use affiliate links, so if you click on those, you will put a few pennies into the podcast coffers. Now, you can also help support the Big Gay Fiction Podcast with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, your pledge helps pay for the cost of producing and distributing this show. And for plan for uh, fans that pledge at our higher levels, you'll also have the exclusive opportunity to ask questions of our upcoming guests. All patrons also have the option of having a personalized thank you sent directly to them. Uh, we also pre- uh, produce a special bonus episode, like special, uh, especially for our patrons. Indeed we do. And we'll be doing this, the October one, in just a couple weeks. That's coming up real soon. So if you'd like more information on how you can join us on Patreon, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. That is patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. Did you know that podcasts love to get reviews too? Taking a moment to leave a review about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast helps us with the show's visibility online. Please take a moment to visit iTunes and leave a review. Your comments help other readers of gay romance discover this show. Thanks for helping us spread the word about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. So while we were at the conference, we actually talked to a few people who will be podcast guests. And the first one we have is Victoria Sue. She just released the latest book in her Enhanced World series. It's a standalone called Guarding His Melody. Uh, Turns out there's actually a lot of science involved here. She didn't just make up all this stuff. It's It's rooted in reality. And I love one of the things in her bio where she says that her love of stories actually happened when she'd hide away from her mom's library books and dream of a dashing hero to rescue her from her math homework. She apparently didn't mind the science too much because she does do a lot for these books. Uh, Now, I will say that the audio you're about to hear is accompanied by a Disney soundtrack because we recorded this in the hotel where you really can't get away from the musical soundtrack. So that's kind of there, and we apologize for that little bit of a distraction. Shall we hear from Victoria? Yes. Welcome, Victoria, to the podcast. Hi, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. I read the first book in the Enhanced World series a few weeks back and adored it. Just adored it and got really into everybody. So I'm really looking forward to like reading the next stuff in the series. For those who don't know Enhanced World, tell us a little bit about what, what what's happening in that world. Okay, so um, it's called a paranormal series, but I don't really, really like to call it paranormal because it's actually based on normal human science evolution, just speeded up a little bit. My superheroes aren't wearing costumes and tights. Not that there's anything wrong with that, you know, I mean, Christopher Reeve and all that, but um, no, um, the, the guys that are there are just humans that are born today rather than in a thousand years. Um, and every ability that they have is 60% science, 20% me speeding things up quite a lot of it and um, 20% me making things up I have to be totally honest sometimes I take things a little too far Um, but no it started um, it started a lot of years ago actually because I used to be a nurse and when I was doing my nurse training I was doing my surgical rotation and we got a little boy in seven years old um, with suspected appendicitis except he didn't have one when they did the scan he didn't have one and um, the surgeon told us that kids these days are being born without their appendix because they don't need it anymore and it's um, it's similar to the um, something like um, in the last 
100,000 years, our teeth size have halved because we don't use them. And um, now I don't know whether this is true. This is this might be Google kind of like making it a bit more fantastical. But so I understand that some people are being born without their little toes. We don't use them to grapple or hang on. Right. Unless you're a trapeze artist, which, you know. And then hopefully you're born with the little toes. Yes. Yeah, that, that would be difficult. Yeah, so, but I will never forget this little boy back in the, in the hospital however many years ago. I won't tell you exactly how many, but, um, yeah, being born without his appendix. So I kind of thought about that, and I didn't want, like I said, going back to the men in tights and the, the uniform and things. Um, I wanted something a bit more realistic. So each of my guys' abilities are based on scientific fact with a little bit extra. A little Victoria thrown in. Yes, a little <laughs> bit extra. Because, I mean, the science, who's to say the science that I'm not adding a little bit extra might not be fact in a thousand years? Sure. You don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Now tell us about the new book. What's, what's getting ready to come out? Um, guarding his melody because the the enhanced is a series and it's I'm not sure whether dream spinners define it as this or it's just me I call it a true series like you can't really read book three without reading book one because it, it's it's very dependent on one another but guarding his melody is the fourth book and it is a standalone because back to my world um, the um, books one to three um, are based on these individuals being born with abilities and they are shunned by the general public and they're not very popular because some of these abilities they can't control and we're talking about setting fire thing to things and stuff like that so the the kind of n- no there's no one ability that's exactly the same as the other so the uh, regular humans don't really know what to do with these people um, so they have they have a lot of uh, background to put up with, and they've been in prison, and they've been taken off the parents, and and some of the kids they can the parents can actually give them away if they can't cope with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's it, there's there's a lot of um, background that kind of you know we're already there at the point at which they decide that um, when I'm saying they I mean the you know the powers that be decide that they've got to do something with these humans and. Um, my section, which is set in Tampa, Florida, because I know the Florida weather, <laughs> um, they decide to have an FBI SWAT type team with these individuals because they're, they're kind of waking up, the world's waking up to the fact that they should use these individuals possibly to fight other individuals that are like them that the regular human police can't cope with. Mm-hmm. And they, they, but the, um, the proviso is that each enhanced has to have a human partner. So there we are, book one, they're going to start the unit up. The enhanced do not like the regular humans. They resent the hell out of the regular humans. And we have my little Finlay Mayer, um, who's always wanted to join the FBI since he was a kid, um, but he's dyslexic and he wouldn't pass the, the, the written test that they, they, they do at school and stuff like that to get that far. And it's, it's his last chance to be in the FBI. Yeah, I love Finn yeah. so much. <laughs> he's, he's amazing, he's Finn. Um, so, yeah, the first book is Finn and Talon. And actually, the second book is Finn and Talon as well because the first book was so much setting up the universe... Um, it didn't really go into they, they got to a happy for now at the end of book one and they don't get to their happy ever after until book two but every other book is, is, a, is a separate couple who do we have in this book in this, in this new one um, this is, this is um, Sebastian who is um, he's 20 years old um, he is um, he had meningitis when he was a child and he's now deaf, completely deaf. Um, and unfortunately, on top of that, he also transformed into an enhanced when he was um, 11 and 12. So he, he's kind of got double whammy that he's, he's had to put up with. His father 
has his, his father's got a lot of money he owns his own electronics business and he has decided as his father that he is going to make Sebastian here and this kid has been experimented on for years because the enhanced do not have um, the same legal rights there's a lot of uh, complicated guardianship rules etc they don't have the same legal rights so he can't even tell his father no at 18 the enhanced have to go with these guardianship rules until they're 21 so it start the, the book starts where um, there has been uh, threats to um, on threat to lives and there's actually been a killing on people that are close to Sebastian and they think um, all the way through the the motive is his father's money and I can't really tell you <laughs> that's fair anything else um, who does Sebastian end up paired with or is that his bodyguard oh nice yeah. Very much a Kevin Costner moment. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he's, he gets he gets a regular human bodyguard because on on all of the other books, the enhanced has been like the protector, the big FBI type guy. Well, and this story, it's flipped. It's the human protecting the enhanced. Because I also thought about what, all these enhanced are being born, but I've only focused really on the FBI unit and um, the the people that they come into contact with. Um, there might be all these like these enhanced people who um, run a bakery, mm-hmm. you know, work in a coffee shop, and that's why that's why I kind of wanted to explore the world a little bit more. That's cool. How did you decide on this particular pairing for this book? What was the inspiration behind them? A lot of my inspiration goes back to, again, to my nursing. And I also, um, I was a, a teaching assistant and I used to um, be responsible for the children who needed a little bit more help. And um, so a lot of my children that are in the books have a little bit extra and they might need a little bit extra help in some things like um, Down syndrome, um, you know, deafness, anything like that that's, that's just that a little bit extra mm-hmm. that I, I really love going, looking at that sort of thing but, because those kids are important to me. And you mentioned there's real science here. I, I believe your percentage was about 60% actual yes. science. It's, it's very different. I don't really want to describe the science in this particular book because obviously it comes out on Tuesday and I don't want to give it away. Except, I will say that Sebastian isn't isn't deaf. I mean, he, he he's deaf at the start of the book, and he's still deaf at the end of the book. But his hearing, he hears on a different frequency to the rest of the humans, and that's that's all I'm going to say on okay. that. I'll I'll you know, people have, sorry, but people have to read the book to to find out that science. But the science for the other guys. Um, in book three, uh, Beneath This Mask, we talk about Gail. And um, this Gail's skin is impervious. Mm-hmm. It, you can't fire a gun at him. You can't slash him with a knife. Um, you, you can't penetrate his skin like that. And it goes back to um, babies in the uterus. They have something called a KLF4 gene. And it's that gene inside the human body that makes the skin um, waterproof. And normally the KLF4 gene is turned off at the point of birth in, you know, humans. And Gail's wasn't. Yeah, I remember that in book one kind of being a thing. That's my little twist, yeah. That that gene has never been turned off in his body, so his skin's impenetrable to missiles and stabbing and shooting and things like that. How important was it for you as you kind of conceived this to find the true science instead of just creating your world out of nothing? Um, very important. I wanted some basis of scientific fact and reality in every ability. And um, I have I have something in, a, in every single one. It's like... Um, 
Sawyer, and even though we haven't had his book yet, his ability is known, um, Sawyer can make himself invisible. Now that sounds very much up with the fairies and, you know, all this. But it isn't. Um, Everybody has a magnetic field in your body. And normally humans' magnetic fields are really, really low. Sawyer's is off the charts. And, okay, this is really complicated, but basically um, your magnetic field uh, or how you biologically react with light is how cloaking devices are made. So, so I've gone that one little jump extra and Sawyer's magnetic field, because it's off the charts, means that he can make his body act like a cloaking device. I wouldn't mind having that. So there's, yeah, so like I say, there's, there's like 67%, 70% of, of actual fact, and there's not much of a jump to actually get to my guy's abilities. And Talon, Talon, um, who's the team leader, um, he has something, there's, there's a science called epigenet, epigenetics. And you've probably heard that recently scientists uh, experimented on the, these poor mice, but they can actually reverse the aging process in the mice and actually make them younger. That's an actual thing now, and it's called epigenetics. And so I kind of went one stage further. If they can slow down the aging process in mice, my enhanced can actually slow down every process in his body. Um, and he can actually, but he can actually do it with other people that he comes into contact with. So it, that varies between just putting someone to sleep to actually killing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's it's all connected with his DNA um, and talent because you can't change your actual main DNA, but people's DNA can take on abilities like, you know, the change the genome or something, I think it's called. Right. Depending on who, who they're with, who they spend the most time with. And so talent is taking on the abilities of the team. And that's how I got around that as well. Are, are these as fun to write as they sound? Oh, yes. <laughs> I am having so much fun with this series because while I was here, actually, um, on um, and we should, we should Thursday say, morning... For, yeah. for folks who couldn't yes. figure out because of our setting, we're actually recording this during the Dream Spinner author workshop. Yes. Fabulous weekend. But um, Thursday morning, I am... The next book that I'm actually writing, because there's obviously there's two to come out, there's... Um, uh, the, the standalone Garden is Melody on Tuesday and then in December a lot of people have been waiting for Vance who's my gentle giant he's, his story's coming out in December but the next one that I'm actually writing at the moment is um, Eli's story and um, Eli can make flames come from his fingers and on Thursday morning I mean I, I kind of knew what I wanted to say but on Thursday morning we spent like two hours on research and Charlie, Charlie Cachet was helping me and we worked out the science behind how that physically can actually happen. So I'm so excited about that. Excellent. Yeah. We get good stuff here at the yes. workshop for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's fabulous. Now, besides Enhanced World, you also do Impreg series. I do. Uh, what's happening with that series? Um, the, um, the, I've, I've got two paranormal MPEG series that are both complete um, I may add a fourth book to my Kingdom of Ascara series but I'm actually wanting to um, to do another one uh, which I will be hopefully starting at some point next year because I, cool. like, I do like my yeah, MPEG occasionally <laughs> Anything else coming up on the horizon for you? Yes, I've got a new series with Dream Spinner starting uh, next, coming out either February or March, but there will be some paperback uh, copies available for Coastal Magic. Excellent. For the folks going there. And that's my uh, romantic suspense uh, series. And the first book is called In Safe Hands. And it's, um, it's been edited as we speak. 
Fun, fun. Now, you are going to be at Coastal Magic. I uh, am. At the end of February next year. Yes. What do you like so much about Coastal? Um, it's only an hour away from my house. Well, that's a big benefit, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that, no. No, I love Coastal. I went as, I started going to Coastal Magic um, just when I just started writing. Um, it's friendly. Um, it's... Um, and I, I mean, as you can as you can tell, I love paranormal, and that's how it started. They do more contemporary; it is a lot more open these days. But it did start off as um, a small con for paranormal romance writers, which is my favourite genre. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's friendly, it's small. Everybody knows everybody else, um, and Damon does his thing, being Damon. Cinema craft yeah. yeah. It practices on us all, so. Right, because for yeah. those who don't know, Coastal is the practice run for, so, well, now what is the Book Lovers Convention. Book Lovers Convention, um, yes, which I'm going as well. Tea. Going to as well. So what's the best way for folks to keep up with you online and follow what's going on? Um, I've got um, Twitter, at Vicky Sue Writes, but I'm mainly on Facebook. I have my own group, which is called Victoria's Secrets, which was a joke when it started. But now I have regularly about 10 people who just want the underwear, you know, the, the, the ladies' lingerie, and they're really not interested in reading gay romance at all. Um, so I have to kind of filter those people out a little bit. I'm sorry, you're, not, you're here for the wrong yes, thing. yeah. Although I think I have actually managed to convert a couple of people. Well, that's good. Yes. Bring them into the fold. Yes. Yeah. They, they came here for knickers and bras and they've gone home with romance. So that was the same sort of I thing, I think that's really. a win-win, yeah. right? For sure. Natural progression. And do you have a website? I do. VictoriaSue.com. And incidentally, on the website, there are um, free stories, free enhanced stories, um, in uh, the group, the um, Victoria's Secrets, there is also a free 8,000-word paranormal short story that they can just download from the files. And um, I nearly forgot about this as well. I actually started my newsletter last week. Oh, the fantastic. first one went out last week. Um, and that includes um, a free novel. Pure, one of the first gay romance stories that I wrote three weeks, uh, three weeks, three years ago. What got you into this three years ago? Okay. What, what was the what was the catalyst? The catalyst. Um, the catalyst was two things. Um, again, this this is a little bit more of an involved story, and I actually wrote about this in my newsletter. But again, a few years ago more years ago than I'd like to kind of tell you today but um, back to my student nursing and um, I met a patient um, called Mickey and Mickey was dying there was nothing anybody could do for him but I was on nights I was a 20 year old doing nights and we got talking over a shared interest of Emily Bronte and um uh, a lot of uh, he loved uh, Shakespeare which I did as well so we had a lot of in-depth conversations about literature mm -hmm. because nights are eight hours long really boring and you just basically sat there hoping nothing happens that people are just watching people sleep and um, he didn't really sleep because he couldn't breathe properly and um, I walked into his room one night and he was reading uh, a Mills and Boone, which was the UK version of Harlequin. And I made this joke about this, this hot cowboy on the cover. And he looked at me and he said, well, this is, the, this is the closest I'm ever going to get to having a cowboy of my own. And I thought he was talking about dying. And at 20 years old, you know, and I'm thinking, what do I say? Because, you know, you don't have really a lot of experience to life experience to be able to, to, you know, say anything to this young man. And he wasn't, he was talking about the fact that um, the books that he could get his hand on, hands on, uh, the gay romance books, basically they weren't, they didn't exist. Mm -hmm. um, they, um, they were, they always were the 
person who, who got killed. Mm-hmm. They were the, um, the best friend who, you know, got shot or died or something awful Something happened. tragic, yeah. yeah there was really, never, there was never exactly. So he, he actually wasn't talking about his own circumstances. He was talking about the fact that he never had, he couldn't get um, gay romance. And I'll never forget that, ever. Even though that wasn't, that wasn't fully the catalyst. That's, oh, I just won't ever forget Mickey. Um, and then I was reading um, a vampire series. Um, and I can't remember the name. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was reading this vampire series and book eight, Tina Folsom, called The Scangards. And book eight was a gay romance pairing. And I devoured this book. It was one of the best love stories in the whole series. And it was wonderful. And that was it. That was it. I mean, I still, I, I like all romance. So I like doing the, reading the male, female, the, um, any combination, really. Excellent. But that's what got me interested in writing gay romance, yeah. Fantastic. So between Mickey, Mickey and Tina Folsom, really, were the two things. And we'll, we will link up to everything in our show notes so folks Thank can you. find the books and find your website. And uh, best of luck with this new Enhanced World book coming out. Thank you. Thanks very much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you once again to Victoria Sue for taking a few moments to sit down and talk to us about her newest series. Yes, I am definitely going to go pick up this book because I have enjoyed this series so far. Okay, guys, I think that'll do it for this week. Coming up in episode 157, we're going to bring you a trio of interviews that include Damon Sway, Terry Michaels, and Priscilla Oliveras. Yes, it was great talking to those folks at the Dream Spinner Conference, and we'll bring that to you coming next week. So everyone, remember, no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. Until next time, everyone, please keep turning those pages and keep reading. For detailed show notes and links to everything discussed in this episode, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday at all major podcast distributors. You can also find us on YouTube. I'm Derek McLean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.